When you feel your voice is not being heard, please consider calling the host of Thoughts, Love, and Reflections. The show wants to be the vehicle you can use to express your opinion or get your issue out to a larger audience. We're living in a time that we can no longer allow others to speak on our behalf. If you wish to be a guest on the show and discuss on the show what's important to you, call James T. Deshaies at 407-394-9819. Your issue or focus can be placed on the calendar. The show is live seven days a week. We can no longer reside in the shadow of life. It's imperative that we're on top of the issues that impact our lives now and in the future. USI never had it so good. 101.1 Radio, the best R&B and hip-hop music. The Quiet Storm every Friday and Saturday. Talk radio with the best host in the business. Sports Talk Radio every weekend night with Princess Cooper. Never had it so good radio now on 101.1. And it's 24-7, the world's best radio station. In this day and time, stereotypes are the false descriptions for all of humanity. James T. Deshay is the author of two great poetry books that attempt to describe life from a male perspective. It has been a common belief that men are unable to put into words their deepest feelings and spend most of their time focused on the surface of what life means. Thoughts, love, and reflections, and passion, desire, and contemplation take you on a journey that has very few travelers. Mr. Deshay has opened his heart and spirit up in ways that few have ever experienced. The depth of his poetry will have you reading his books and poems over and over again. You will find yourself using his passages to describe your own feelings to your family and friends. It is now time to put aside your thoughts and feelings related to the depth of men's thoughts and delve deeply into the words of James T. Deshay. Once again, he will put an end to your thoughts that men can't translate their heartfelt spirit into words. Both of these books will allow you to find comfort in the reality of the heart of men. You will spend hours trying to embrace the way men want to love and display their passion to the women they love. Don't be fooled by those books that create love through words of lust vulgarity, and unhealthy displays of sexual activities. You will discover the types of words that will allow you to rejoice in the future of what love truly means to men. Your book clubs and families will be able to discuss these words without fear. No one will have to leave the room. Both of these books can be purchased at jamestdeshay2.com and lulu.com. Feel free to reach out to the author at tlreflectionsjtd at gmail.com.
off, neither one of us knew why. We didn't build nothing overnight, cause a love like this takes some time. People saw it off as a face, said we can't see that. Now from top to bottom, they see that we did that. Yeah. It's so true that yeah. we've been through it, yeah. but we got real I am this woman. I am this woman that has set the expectations of the world to take my rightful place among the stars. The woman that does not use the traditional roadmaps to a given place, but create my own destination. I am this woman that maintain her intrinsic beauty 
in ways not determined by others' thoughts, but by my own sense of uniqueness, my own desire of sexiness and allure. I am this woman designed by my creator to scale the height of the unbounded, allowing my talents to be seen by the masses while inspiring those yet to dream to greatness. I am the mother of the world, deserving the respect of all that walk under the gravity of the earth, igniting the love that exists in all men while being the birthplace of the future. I am this woman. I am this woman that ascends the expectation of the world to take my rightful place among the stars. The woman who does not use the traditional roadmaps to a given place, but creates my own destination. I am this woman that maintains her intrinsic beauty in ways not determined by others' thoughts, but by my own sense of uniqueness, my own desire of sexiness and allure. I am this woman designed by my creator to scale the height of the unbounded, allowing my talents to be seen by the masses while inspiring those to dream. I am the woman of the world, deserving the respect of all that walk under the gravity of the earth. Igniting the love that exists in all men while being the birthplace of the future. I am this woman. the host of Thoughts, Love, and Reflection, brought to you by Never Had It So Good Sports Media Network. We're here seven days a week, Monday through Friday at 6 p.m. Eastern Time, Saturday at 8 p.m. Eastern Time, and Sunday at 8.30 p.m. Eastern Time. We're here so your voice can be heard loud and clear without interruption. It is important that we be able to express ourselves in ways that make sure that others know exactly where we're going and what is important to us and how we intend to deal with those who want to dismiss who we are. So call in at 657-383-0309 so you can be one of those who are part of the solution and not part of the problem. Uh, today I wanted to talk about what it is to to understand the chaos that is going on in our society. I read an article today where a young man was punished for saying ma'am to his teacher. And I'm not sure what it is that we have teachers who don't understand proper etiquette or maybe are confused about what the the term ma'am means but this little boy had not been personally introduced to this teacher and did not know her last name and so he used the term ma'am when he was trying to get her attention and for some odd reason this upset said it the woman 
which is crazy thing to believe that she would not have been aware that he was being respected. And this is in a day and time when a lot of children are not aware of what the way they should respect adults. Uh, to just give you a kind of analogy where I grew up, on the time I grew up, I had a cousin who was much older than me. And so I called her Cousin Punkin. Because everybody else called her Punkin, uh, those adults who were around. But I thought it was important for me, or I had raised, that you needed to give adults some kind of respect, and she needed a surname. And so cousin was, you know, my other first cousins who were my age, I didn't call them cousin Nolan or cousin uh, Sherry or uh, cousin whatever. But because this older person was not my age, I knew that she needed a different kind of alertness to what I to who was talking to her. So it's odd to me that we live in a day and time where kids who are being thrown out of class for some odd thing. Um, by now, we should be used to dreads and braids and those kind of ethnic things. But we see that these kids are, some of these kids are being thrown out of class for these kind of things. And now here comes another kid who's thrown out of class because the teacher get annoyed with him calling her ma'am. No, we, we got to really help our teachers and people around the country to come to some understanding about ethnicity and about uh, getting along with our children in a way that they recognize when they're being disrespected or respected. And uh, so it is just kind of odd that we find ourselves in this situation where people are not accustomed uh, to being treated properly and then want to punish kids for being properly trained. And we're not going to get out of the mess we're in unless we have some kind of understanding about how children should be trained and respect adults. And so they grow up learning how to be respected themselves. And so Cheryl, it is kind of odd uh, that this woman would get upset for this young man trying to respect her uh, during his first days in school. And his punishment was the right uh, over and over again. He wouldn't call his teacher ma'am. And I'm just that's just ludicrous. And I'm not sure where in the world the teacher or the principal thought that was a, a correct behavior for them. Good afternoon, and how's everyone doing this evening? How are you doing, Jay? Um, I didn't get a chance to see what it is that you had sent, but just, you know, going off of what you said, um, I find that very strange that a teacher would would even do that. I mean, and just like you said, was not properly introduced. So giving her respect, 
and I'm going to say this being funny, you know, um, he didn't call her B. <laughs> so he did, you know, I mean, and the way, just like you said, the way you were trained and the way I was brought up. And, in fact, the twins, I mean, they have to say the same thing, you know, to because you have to give adults respect. There's so much disrespect out here. We have to keep that going. And these um, these babies, you know, when they came to me, I mean, they talked to you like you were their age. And, you know, making sure that they understood that these individuals are much older and that you have to give them respect. And I'm again with you. You know, when I had cousins that were much older than me, old enough to be, you know, in my parents' age or much older, I called them cousin so-and-so too because I, I have somebody I call cousin Connie, you know. And today it's almost like we almost, it seems as though we write at the same age, but I do know she's older than I am. And and still today I give her that respect. I don't because I've become an adult and had children now call her Connie. I still call her Connie, um, cousin Connie, and I still call her husband, cousin Dwight. So, you know, that's only, you know, that's our way. Now, I mean, everybody may not agree with that. Some people say, I'm not going to have my children to do that. But to give this as a form of punishment for something that you are taught, I mean, I find that to be very, very odd (laughs) that they would go to that length. And then principal had, you know, I mean, as a parent, I would definitely have to take it to the principal, even to the school board, you know, to find out what is it that you see wrong with that, um, being addressed and, and still giving her the respect that is due to her. And, I mean, that's so understandable not knowing her name, you know. And like I said, again, he could have called her many other things, but he didn't. And would it have, would she have done the same thing? If he would have called her out her name and not trying to give her respect, um, that's just, I mean, I find that very, very, people are, uh, people are picking such odd things and strange things to call bad behavior or to give you punishment for. And that means in the school and also in everyday life, you know, the punishments, and and I can't even. This is not even a crime. So I'd like to know what was the outcome if the parent took it any further than just, you know, the teacher and the principal. Because I don't want my child to feel like, you know, he was wrong for what he said, especially if that's what he's been taught. Well, he was moved to another classroom, and uh, you know we are. Uh... We're just inundated with, understand this, you and I grew up, is on the line too, grew up in a, in, a, in a very significant time where our parents were real parents. And when you were at a certain, uh, in the time we grew up, if you had a baby and you were not of age and were not married, your baby very well may have grown up with uh, a grandmother or someone else. And so 
it is interesting now when we have so many children being raised by children and being raised by a single parent uh, that they don't get indoctrinated in the same way that we do. And, uh, and they can be very flipped. And so when you got young people entering uh, these, um, entering these classrooms as teachers, sometimes they're not aware of how to control their classrooms and how to appreciate a child that is different from the normal children who act up. And so we are aware that these children are homeschooled, uh, but certainly there are people out there who just don't um, recognize the need uh, to raise children in the old-fashioned way where they learn to respect adults and to be humble. And so, D, we, we run into people who sometimes um, just don't understand the 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 ionces of the old-school method of raising kids and having them behave properly. Well, good evening, y'all. Uh, I'm sorry I came in on the conversation late, but uh, to to react to what what you are speaking about currently, uh, for me, uh, that's one of the issues that um, we need to address as a community. Um, you know, when we speak about Black Lives Matter. Um, my definition of Black Lives Matter is just what we're talking about here. Um, the the upbringing and the and the uh, behavior that we are that we was brought up under, um, where it takes a village to raise a child. Um, that that idea uh, no longer exists. Um, so when it comes down to the question. Uh, and, and to me, Black Lives Matter would be in the form of a question. And the question would be, does Black Lives Matter or do Black Lives really matter? Because if it does, then these are the things that, the fundamental things that have to be addressed going forward. Uh, you, myself, Miss Kathy, um, and... Um, and Miss Joyce, and and anybody else, uh, we might not be around to see the swing of things to turn around for the better, for the betterment of our race. Um, you know, when we when we talked talk about last week, a couple weeks ago, about the uh, the suggestion of a leader, a black leader. You know, now we all. Uh, Folks in our generation, Miss Cheryl and all, people in our generation, we have outgrown the idea of needing a leader. But as it turns out, as it turns out, uh, when we look back at our race and at our young people that have no idea of what it is that we expect of them, then... um, the, the idea of a leader is not too far-fetched in that. Um, we know we kind of need to push the idea of Black Lives Matter in the way of a question. Does or do 
Black Lives Matter to you? And we and that question that question would be, in my opinion, would be posed to the next black person standing next to them, or the next uh, the black people that's on this phone, or the black people that's in our Facebook group or whatever. If it does really matter to you, then we should take uh, diligent efforts to correct the unnormal activities that we see in our everyday lives, and one of which is, you know, the idea of children raising children, which is that seems to be the norm, all right? If that's the case, then uh, we, uh, as, a, as adults, older adults, should put forth an effort to try to enlighten them in a different mindset than they have currently, and I hope that makes sense. Thank you. You know, we just um, have to be aware that the world is so different from the world that you, all of us who are on the line right now grew up in, and how um, we were given information that was allowed us to interact with our world without so much hostility. Uh, our children now seem to think that they have the right uh, to argue back and to speak up against adults without punity. Uh, To just give you an idea, uh, I live on a lake property, and my father built a wall in the front of the house that went along, uh, which is on the inside of the sidewalk. Because, you know, the sidewalk is actually public property. But this wall runs along the front wall and it separates the double driveway. And it has irritated me for years that the kids walk by and they just think that wall is there for their entertainment. So they like to jump on the wall and walk across the wall. And knowing that if they were to trip and fall, the first thing the parent want to do is sue. So there have been times when I'd go out and I'd say, uh, listen, please get off the wall. And it looked like I'm saying something wrong to them. And then I have to uh, explain to them, this is private property. And you're dis- disrespecting my property by jumping up on the wall and walking on the wall like it's your jungle gym. And some of them would respond positive, And then some of them would decide to uh, yell us obscenity. And so now, if you were to get, you know, you, you as an adult, you saying, I am not supposed to be getting in no battle with no child and yelling those obscenities back and forth. You know, this child is just not trained properly. And they don't understand that uh, people have the right to tell you how to interact with their property without you going through changes because it's not yours. And uh, I run into the same problem with kids wanting to make my backyard their shortcut around the lake uh, because they don't want to walk on the street, you know. And so it's just interesting that these kids um, don't follow rules that we thought were the norm, Cheryl, in, in our day. Did you address that to me? Yes, Cheryl. I'm sorry, they was in my head. Can you say the last part of it again? I'm just saying these kids think that 
adults aren't supposed to say anything to them as they walk along the streets or or in church. And somehow you uh, insulted them by trying to address their address their bad behavior. And then they want to find themselves getting into uh, obscenities uh, with you because you're trying to correct them. You know, um, I heard when you were talking about, you know, when you was talk, telling them about on the wall. And you're right. Some of these children today, you it's like they feel like they're your equal. You can't tell them anything. Um in fact, if you say something to them, they may say something smart back to you or just do whatever they want to do. And that still shows a level of respect. They're not respecting you as an adult. And to me, a lot of times that comes from the home training, you know, where we are not um, having our children to respect um, adults. You know, and I'm going to tell you, if I ever ever call one of mine and even grown to say something small back to an adult, they're going to also answer to me as well as the adult too, because, you know, I just don't play that. You, you know, we have to be respectful. And, and if it don't start at home and it's not made known that I'm behind the respect and not that, you know, but we have a generation that says that, I'm not, you can't tell my children nothing. I don't believe that. I don't believe that because it takes a village to raise a child and, and the children that we have. We just can't do it alone. Um, but we have a lot of that going on where you can't tell children and and um, nothing. I'm happy with you. We can't tell them anything. You know, and then on top of that, they have the audacity to even get smart back with you. Yeah, but I can understand what you're saying when you say you're trying to not only tell them, not because you're trying to be ugly, but it's also for their safety as well. Because you're right. They do. Everybody do want to sue. The first thing that they are so happy, you know, they find, oh, I got my meal ticket. And not realizing that your child was in the wrong the whole time. Exactly right. And, um, D, you know, it's amazing as well that people don't understand the value of being humble. And our children don't recognize that when they get into difficulties and somebody treats them unfairly, uh, that their parents are supposed to be the source of dealing with those issues and that they shouldn't be looking to deal with them issues themselves but utilize their parents' knowledge and abilities uh, to be the to run the interference for them instead of getting in a back and forth with, with whoever is challenging them uh, at the time. Well, you know, I was listening to you as you were speaking about uh, how you tried to interact with these kids. And the way you explained it to me was someone that showed poise and and some kind of, of uh, finesse in trying to do so. And as Miss Cheryl was talking in response to that, 
uh, it reminds me, and it's clear to me, it is very clear, understand this now, it is very clear that um, the younger generation don't have anybody that they respect to to obtain information coming from that person. Now I hope I, I hope I made myself clear when I said that. I'm gonna try to try that again. They don't have anybody they respect to retain or to receive information coming coming from another person. They don't have no respect. So when you speak of the attribute of being humble, that is not in their DNA. Understand that. You know, since the nineties, brother man, and and my sister Cheryl, since the nineties and the introduction of thug life, understand, that was their mantra. That was their call for living. Thug life. And and the detriment behind that is that there was there was nothing that we did to try to oppose that idea. Because thug life and the music thereof and the action of selling drugs and and having twenty twos on your car and, and the bling bling and the big booty girls, that was something that was uh aspiring to them. And and the only way to get it was to uh, was to reinvent themselves under this thug life mentality. Now, as it turned out, just like anything else, just like anything else, it has become um, uh, uh, a way of life. Uh, generational, it's, it's been passed on to generation and generation. This thug life mentality came from the the which was a modest. Uh, attitude of the hip hop music. Now, the hip hop was supposed to have been a uh, uh, like street ministry. Street ministry. The hip hop era was actually harmless. It was poetic. It was spoken word type stuff. Y'all, y'all know that. Y'all know why that. And so it was supposed to have been harmless. But with the introduction of crack cocaine and obtaining territory and you're going to die if you just come down my street and you ain't with us and you ain't one of us. That became a way of life for these folks. Uh, so when you when you ask the question, why are young people so angry, they don't know any difference. And, again, it is for the lack of, of uh, humility. They don't understand what that is. They don't understand what, um, what common courtesy is. I remember when I first moved in this area where I am, and uh, and I and I I I I paused to let somebody cross the the walkway of Kmart from from the, from the parking lot to the store, and I gave them the right of way. It was told to me that common courtesy is a show of weakness, and if you don't believe that, then just look around because what you're seeing is is that that is what you're seeing that common courtesy and and goodwill to your fellow man ain't supposed to be. That is not supposed to be the norm. And so when going forward, when we talk about Black Lives Matter, we got to find a way to correct this attitude. And but but in order to do so, 
in order to convey that message, they have to find uh, a common ground to where they respect you, first of all. And then when they respect you, we have to get to a place like we do our own church. We can't talk at these people. We have to learn to talk with them. Because if you talk at them, they shut down really quick. Thank you. Uh, Cheryl, one of the things, you know, and, and we spent, a, you know, time going back and um, reflecting on our lives and the things that our lives meant and the opportunities we had to learn certain things. And we do, I'm aware that these kids now have a lot of advantages, uh, but they also have disadvantages as well. Uh, because they they seemingly don't know how to take orders or instructions. Uh, as over the thirty year period of my teaching, I remember when you know when you didn't dress out for PE, you didn't get you. We had to have a a certain shirt and and a uniform that you had to buy from the school, and you had to dress out and you had to shower. And if you didn't do those things, you got punished. Uh, because there was a thing where, you know, when you, after you dress, you come in early enough to take a shower because, uh, you know, it was protocol you needed to be smelling properly when you went to class. And a lot of times, you know, nowadays, the kids, they just get credit for just walking around the track. And they, they, they um, they're regular clothes. Uh, they don't dress out for pee. Uh, and now it's gotten to the point where PE is just one. Uh, you take it once during your term at uh, school, and that's it. And the other thing where we had shop when I was in middle school, and the man trained you how to work around electric saws and all those kind of things. And none of the kids ever got hurt because we paid attention, and we did what the man said, and he taught us how dangerous that equipment is. But nowadays, you can't do those things with young kids in middle school uh, because of the danger of them just not paying attention and being so immature. And so it is just such a different situation about how kids interact with adults uh, and and uh, some of the behaviors that aren't learned and some of the disciplines that are not learned because you have to take away that kids are not willing to listen to adults. You're so right. Um, and I was listening to you, and I could um, – I've just finished talking about that the other day, about the different things that were taken away. And um, and not only that, I could even remember, you know, going to school and we took free enterprise and where we um, were taught things that they're not taught um, in in school today. And also, you know, when you were talking about um, the different things, I know it was woodworking and mechanic, automotive mechanic, and um, they did um, some minor welding, home economics, you know, those things. And you're right because, you know, when somebody got hurt, you know, you went to the nurse's office and it got taken care of. But today, if you got hurt, you know, the first thing, the parents come to school and they're ready to sue. And we just don't have the level of respect. And a lot of times it comes from children having children. And they treat their children on their same level 
they don't understand that what it is to become a parent. So we have the struggle of the parent and the child, and the parent does not want to be addressed as seeming like they are much older than the child. So some of them call the, the parents by their first name. You know, I mean, we have so much that has taken away from being respectful. You know, and I mean, I know I had my first child at 21, and I would say, you know, I was a lot mature at that time. And when I had her, my first priority was her. You know, everything that I may have wanted to do, everything that I may have thought, you know, all of that became no more. And when I say that, but I never was the type of person, I, I never went to clubs, I never went, you know, did those things. But had I wanted to or had I or anything that I wanted to do that did not include her, um, I wouldn't do it. And did it bother me? No, it didn't bother me because now I took on the responsibility of raising a child, and that meant growing up. You know, even if you're not ready, you're going to have to get ready. You know, that's just like today. We have um, young people that are having babies, and they're not even finished raising their own selves. They're not ready. They're not prepared for it. Their parents is still too busy going out and having a good time, so they can't prepare them to be parents to parent their child. And it becomes a generational thing, you know, and at some point we have to stop it, you know, and that's why I say, you know, it takes a village, you know, to to mentor somebody, to step in where we see things um, that we can help improve the lives of the younger generation because they are our future. I mean, you know, we talk about the chaos thing that we have going on in the White House and, you know, in, with government and you know, all of these higher offices. But these children that are being raised today is those that's going to be in the office tomorrow. So we got to deal with that today and not wait until they get grown and we have to deal with it way later wrong in life. Yeah, it, it seems to be a constant thing when you're trying to interact with these young people and give them some idea of what respect is and, and, and trying to get them to understand the situation. But, D, there's some people who suggest that they don't want to raise robots and they're not going to arbitrarily put all these, these limits and rules and regulations on their children. They want them to have freedom to grow. I'm sorry. And um, so uh, that is true. And uh, But here, here is another issue that I want to bring up, and I've got to flip the script a little bit in order to do that. All right. So uh, when we're talking about the misbehavior or just even the plain old uh, fact that today's generation just don't know how to, uh, we all have had our experiences at Walmart or at the Burger King or McDonald's, where the employees, the younger, the younger people running uh, that work in the store, actually run the store, even though there's a manager there. The manager don't know how to manage these kids. Uh, these kids come in with the do rags on, 
Uh, they come in with the, with the pants sagging, um, and it, uh, they bring the street, the street mentality to the job. Uh, they bring the street behavior and the the non uh, cordial um, introduction is absent. Like good morning, welcome to Burger King. None of that. That doesn't exist because the manager uh, can't hold them accountable for not doing so, either because uh, the job don't pay enough for uh, other applicants to come in and for her to have a reserve of applicants, or they're just downright afraid of the of the the work the workforce. Okay. Now, in that, um, you know, uh, white 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 America has said that. The, one of the issues of being politically correct is a is a is a band-aid or it pampers kids for one or people so they won't be upholding to a higher standard. Uh, you know, and my point is like uh, the 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 owner of these stores or the the person that's in charge of these stores can't say nothing to nobody. For the fear of some kind of retribution, uh, or some uh, some kind of repercussion of saying something to them, uh, and that falls into the realm of political correctness. All right, uh, if that theory is correct, then we have to come to a common understanding that you, we can't have it both ways. And I think that's my point. We can't have it to where uh, we are afraid to say something to these kids because of the fact that they may turn around and, and have us written up by corporate. Uh, and if that's the case, then that's why you got the, the this, this shanty attitude of not knowing how to act toward the customers. So going forward, again, um, it has to be some kind of standard that we want to hold our young people to. And we got to be able to convey the message that some kind of way it's for your own good. Because, you know, the sheer fact that most black women can't find a decent husband because men don't know how to be, don't know how to be a decent husband. And black women don't know how to look, what to look for in a husband because they never had the experience of what a husband should be. So, all the fundamentals, even in church and Sunday school, all of that has to change, you know, and and bringing up these kids on what to expect and what to what to look forward to to have a higher standard. Because if if we don't cross these bridges and mend these bridges, if we don't mend them, they won't mend themselves. Thank you. You know, and it's so interesting you use that you talked about uh, the analogy of the McDonald's. And they don't have the ability to just use some common sense. And uh, they give such poor customer service because they don't have the tools uh, that the the company should try to uh, instill in them. I drove up to a drive-thru uh, a few years ago. And um, you know that you're so close that you can't open the door because you got to get close enough to get the the person, the money, uh, at the window. And so me and this young lady had a difficult exchange and, uh, some of my chains fell on the ground 
And she looked at me and I looked at her and finally she said, well, what you want me to do? I want you to open up the register and give me my proper change. You call your manager, tell him what happened, and uh, you give me my change. It's not my responsibility to try to figure out how to get out of my car and pick the change up off the ground. But that should have been, Cheryl, that should have been something uh, that she could have figured out without me explaining that to her because she's on that job. That should have come up at some point. Uh, what do I do if this if there's a exchange and, and the money fall on the ground, then the money is still there and one of your employees can come out and uh, retrieve, retrieve it. But to think that I'm supposed to let you keep it or not, uh, and I, or I'm supposed to retrieve it myself, it's just odd that uh, you would think that that would be the proper way to handle a customer. Well, you know, I'm hearing a lot of the different um, that are going on in the workplace with not proper training. That you go through training before you even get to the register. And when I say that, I don't just mean how to make the fries and how to make the burgers. I mean that you have to, you know, um, know how to talk to the customer, how to greet the customers. You know, if a situation arises, um, different scenarios, because I'm pretty sure this is not the first time, and I know it's not the first time it's happened, and it won't be the last time something like that happens. Um, so, you know, I don't think that a lot of businesses is investing in the training because, I mean, look, we look what happened with Starbucks. They've been in business for years and years, and they had to take a whole day just to begin, and that was only the beginning of a type of training that had needed to be done, you know, when each person is hired. And not only that, you know, a lot of times they are hiring individuals based upon what they need, the physical body of an individual just to work. I'm having difficulty hearing you, Sherry. Okay, he said, um, I said my son was just talking about how he, um, he as a manager, had to remove somebody from the register because the boss is hiring people but not interviewing them just because they, he needs somebody working and meaning that, you know, they didn't even know how to talk to a customer. And that becomes frustrating um, if you're doing a one job and the person on the register can't even communicate properly to a customer, and now you left to do their job and the job that you're doing as well. So the training is not there. And that's something that's very important, you know, not just training on how to fix the food and how to do this, uh, do the job, but also, you know, 
um, training as far as greeting, um, seeing if the person even have a personality uh, or what type of personality they have. They may be more better fit to be in the back and not up front where you have where you have um you know the customers are at so we got um to improve a lot on those areas because you know again it can be just like Starbucks and other businesses they're going to be sued over you know the employees that they have so you know we got to work on the training and uh d i mean uh yeah d it it is that people are nowadays are so prepared to get so combative, and young people especially. You know, they again, they don't know how to be humble. They don't know how to to um, to allow things to to go over their heads. They just want to respond in a combative manner with everything. And we and when you raise people like that, they become combative adults and don't know how to recognize how to get out of situations without uh, creating bigger problems. And we have to be, and that comes with learning proper behaviors and manners to deal with situations and not jump to the far end of the spectrum uh, related to your response. Well, you know, I think you said um, you gave a good uh, analogy of what the problem is. Uh, one of which is uh, we have to come to realize and and recognize that that we have a problem in that area, in this area. Um, there are a, 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 a very few uh, that will recognize, and that was even said. Uh, you know, some pastors will address that during the sermon. Some, um, and you know, I think, you know, I, my understanding is, you know, when we come to um, a point that we have to evolve in another way in, in order to communicate uh, to uh, our kids and our younger generation, you know, we, we have to understand just like our parents had to understand that we have our own language. You know, when, when, you, are, when you are 30 and, and 40 years uh, different than than your elders in age, you have a different way of communicating. You have a different language. Um, I have said before, uh, coming on your show, and I didn't get much feedback, but I have said on your show that pastors, uh, the clergy, pastors have to should go back and revise the way they communicate uh, the 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 gospel. You know, not to change it, but just revise, revise the delivery. You know, that's why you don't see enough young people in church now. Miss Kathy would probably will argue that, but I don't. I have. I don't see enough young people in church there long enough to show that they have the attention uh, being given to what's being said in church because of the language barrier, uh, the the disconnect. So. Um, if we do care about our kids' future, and I know that we do, uh, enough of us have to come to the understanding that uh, we need to revise when we communicate with our kids. And we need to recognize that we need to instill in them 
the kind of behaviors uh, that will get give them long-lasting results. Uh, you cannot take a combative attitude or disrespected attitude uh, throughout your life and get the results that you want. You have to recognize there will always be people in charge, and you need to be humble when it comes to your interaction with those people. Uh, but so often uh, our kids don't recognize or see the benefit of a good behavior and a good attitude, Cheryl. They're always, um, you know, it's it's all about me. It's about, about what I want, when I want it, and I'm not going to tolerate uh, not having the desires of my heart. Oh, you're so correct. I mean, <laughs> it is. It is. And then they grow up to be selfish individuals that only think about themselves. And, you know, we, we don't live in a world like that. We can't live in a world like that and survive. But, you know, we find that that occurring so much is that it's making it difficult for the people that they are around because you can't have your way all the time. You have to learn how to compromise. And you have to learn those things, you know, um, young. You have to learn how to compromise so that as you get older, you know how to compromise and negotiate where, you know, you come to a common ground. But if you don't start off like that, sharing, um, learning to compromise, the small things that lead up to the bigger things, then later on in life, you know, how can you be in relationship when you can't negotiate? And when I say that is is that one person don't always have to have their way. We can negotiate where we both can come to a common ground and um, agree on something that would satisfy both without one person having their way all the time. And we, you know, we can do that. And it can be done. But, you know, we have such lazy individuals that's not willing to take the time to do that and invest that time in the children today. And then later on, we we deal and we have to struggle with that. We struggle with that in the school. We struggle with that in society. We struggle with that within our community. You know, we struggle with that when kids are playing sports, um, football, when girls are cheerleaders, you know, if I don't get my way in, you know, that kind of thing. So it's it's a snowball effect, and it gets worse as you get older in life. All right, we're going to take a short break and come back and continue our conversation.
Thoughts, Love, and Reflection by James T. Deshay. I am a gladiator. Despite what others choose to see, my life is determined by my selected steps. Regardless of the traps set by those who hate me, I am the master of my lifelong quest. It is my convictions and courage that will decide the success of my personal journey, not the dreamless limitations of those who refuse to see the greatness of my legacy. I walk not in the shadow of those who wish to be unnoticed. I stand tall in a crowded room of those who created their own path through life. I am driven to make noise where others wish to remain silent. I wear the suit of those who slew dragons and ruled kingdoms. I will not give in to the starless skies of those who see me as worthless and without meaning. I am a present-day gladiator, and I will have victory over the kingdom of my birthright. This is, this is James T. Deshay, the host of Thoughts, Love, and Reflections, brought to you by Never Had It So Good Sports Media Network, we're on seven days a week, Monday through Friday at 6 p.m. Eastern Time, Saturday at 8 p.m. Eastern Time, and Sunday at 8.30 p.m. Eastern Time. We're here so that your voice can be heard loud and clear without interruption. Please call in at 657-383-0309 so your voice can be heard loud and clear. Uh, D, let me ask you a question, uh, and... You made mention of leadership. And one of the things I think people don't, we don't have today on a consistent basis are people who are willing to have their voices heard and give us some inspiration uh, to greatness. I will never undermine Jesse Jackson, uh, despite some of the human traits he had that have befallen him um, in his older age that uh, has kind of silenced his voice. Uh, but in the, in the 70s, when it was Keep Hope Alive, and, uh, and he preached and inspired us uh, to vote for him and, and to, 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 to interact with him in a way that kept us fighting the battle uh, that was kind of silenced when the Martin Luther King passed, uh, was killed, and when um, Malcolm X was silenced. You know, it would be nice to have that person who waged the war in a way that Jesse did and other people like him uh, during that period of time uh, to keep us focused on what it is we need to do to raise our children and to be inspired as adults. Well, those, those are my thoughts exactly. Uh, especially after after listening to your montage between breaks. Uh, you know, speaking of being the gladiator. All right? And so let me start right there real quick. Because when you speak about Jesse and, and the fact that uh, his efforts have intentionally been stifled and his reputation has in, intentionally uh, tried to, to uh, become in question, especially to this younger generation, you feel me? 
You see, all all of that is intentional. All right, so this younger generation have no idea what it is and who it is that you're speaking of because the opposition has intentionally tried to stifle its legacy. All right, so when you speak about you being the gladiator and uh, your uh, your will, your willingness, and your intention to leave something of value, uh, that is, that's where you, uh, the 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 attitude has to come into play of knowing that we are in a war. Right? I'm just gonna have to push it out there. We are in a, in a war, and you have to understand what battles are more important to fight at said given time. Uh, sometimes it's over there in, in the Trump arena, and sometimes it's over here in the arena of, um, of black men being unlawfully arrested by, by, by law enforcement. And then sometimes it's in the arena of getting the, the, uh, our youth to understand what it is and what it takes to sustain themselves and to get back and, and, and not to be so uh, up in arms about everything. And, and and learning how to calm down. See, our fight and our legacy is ours. Look, just because I got kids of my own, and, and, and this has really come to me now, just because I got kids of my own don't mean that uh, my time and effort should stop right there because, because it is a legacy. It's the legacy that our grandparents passed on to us. And, and and they gave us they gave us all that they could at said given time. Some of them was were maids, some of them was were midwives, some of them was uh, gardeners and, and and drivers and, and things of that sort. But they gave us what they could, dealing with the circumstances that they had to deal with. Us, on the other hand, you speak about it all the all the time, James. Us being better educated, have technology at our at our hands. And, and there's really no excuse to where we should be able to find a way, see, up until our dying day, to find a way. Because if we don't find a way, what's to guarantee us that people are going to come behind us and find a way? There ain't no guarantee. Because even the next president, presidential candidate, and the president will be the leader of this country. Who, who's this, who is even in the breath of speaking of that have an idea of what it is that we're talking about? Because that next person coming up as candidate, a presidential candidate, got to be the leader, the leader who can gain the attention of everybody involved, no matter what your call is. You got to gain the attention that look. This is where we need to do, and this is where we need to go. But but it got to be able to gain everybody's attention. It got to be the president of all the people. There's nobody that has that talent to do that because uh, we're just not there yet. Donald Trump has shown us that we are just not there. After Barack Obama, that might have been the last of the last for men. He would go down in history as being the last of the last for men because after after Donald Trump. Nobody would, would show the attitude and the posture that we need to bring us back together. It's just not in the cards right now. I'm sorry for that. Thank you. 
Uh, Cheryl, we, you know, we, we just need, you know, we had so many people, uh, Andrew Young and all these kind of guys who stood up and be counted, who were the mayor of Atlanta and then became, um, you know, went, became part of the, the government and just did so many Andrew outstanding things. Uh, we seem to be in almost a wasteland when it comes to being able to point to people who have really stepped up and did what they needed to do in order to make our country see the power of people of color. You know, you're so right. Um, I want to just um, ask anybody just just now or have this um, been news already that John McCain died? Yeah, I did see it, and I was going to speak of it at, at toward the end, but yeah, we just heard that he's passed away and and uh, yeah my heart dropped because I you know we knew it was coming after he he had decided he was no longer going to uh, take treatment yeah I guess that kind of when um, he was talking I kind of got the um the, the news on the it dropped down on the phone um several times about he had um had passed. Um and you're right. Um you know we have so many people who have done so much and you know like we mentioned yesterday or the day before, it doesn't mean that we like everything that they do, but a person who has a good heart and is trying to do what is right, um, we have to have a lot of respect for them. And people who have done things that sacrifice for others, again, we have to have a lot of respect for um, for them. Um, I see this as being a really sad moment right now because, you know, we don't, we hate to see anybody, you know, pass. And I'm pretty sure, you know, he probably was just tired. And that's so understandable. Um, I just don't, don't want to see chaos developing behind all of this. Because as we mentioned, one of the things that he stated is that he did not want Donald Trump at his funeral. And, I mean, that's common knowledge. So I just hope that, you know, even gone, that those wishes are respected and it's not a lot of chaos behind it because, there's a lot of things and a lot of good that he has done that will linger on, and we don't need the interruption of anything negative. And that's with him and anybody else. You know, we just, we really just don't need it at all. We just need to be able to, to be able to pray, lift family up for comfort. Um, I know they in probably relief 
to not to see him suffer, but it doesn't minimize or take the suffering away from the family when they have lost a father, a husband, a brother, a uncle, uh, you know, all of this that he meant just immediate and not what he's meant to so many, you know, other individuals. So, um, like I said right now, um, I just didn't see it that soon. I thought maybe, you know, maybe a month or something like that, but I just didn't see it this soon after it was announced that he made the decision to stop doing all treatments, you know, um, and I guess, you know, his family, I act like this was my fault, you know, my relative, but I guess it's not that it's, yeah, it is a shock because I didn't expect it that soon. I didn't expect this to flash that soon, you know, um, I just expected, you know, just to be a little bit longer um, because I'm going to tell you, the last time, you know, seeing him, he looked healthy no matter what he was going through. He always portrayed being healthy, strong, you know, in his right mind. And his leadership will be truly missed uh, because he was no no cow down and buckle down to to anybody. He did what he thought was right. And you can respect a man when he's willing to do what he thinks he's right. Uh, despite his party, and that's what we need with leaders who we need men who who did what they thought was right, no matter what party affiliation uh, there too. And uh, D, yesterday we talked about uh, uh, John McClain uh, a lot, uh, Cheryl and I, because we, you know, we just, uh, you know, sometimes people think you don't respect people who are in a different party or a different race. Uh, but I respected uh, John McClain, and he might have did a few things that were wrong, but I respected his ability to stand up to what he thought was ugliness. And, uh, you know, that's uh, that's how I feel about it. I really hate he's gone because we need him and what he stood for so very much right now. Well, you know, uh, you're right because, you know, um, you know, when when we disagree with somebody, it's because their opinion is different from ours. Uh, like like the old adage is, uh, we have to learn to agree, even though we disagree. Uh, it's all right to disagree. We agree to disagree, and so that's the character that we learn to build in, in uh, during our journey. Uh, John McCain, uh, yes, his his affiliation. Uh, Automatically, maybe his opinion different than ours, but all in all, he stood up for for righteousness, if I can use that word. Uh, uh, even in, in current time, in, in current time, he displayed that. He displayed that when the rest of his party went went AWOL and and, and followed this tyrant. So, so the thing is that. Uh, now, uh, I, my heart goes out to the, the state of Arkansas. Uh, I know that Ms. Joyce was very partial 
to John McCain, even though he was a, a different affiliation uh, in, in, in political party. So my, my heart goes out to him. Um, uh, Arizona. I'm sorry, I said Arkansas. Arizona. Uh, now, but now going forward, uh, class, and I, I said that lovingly, it's going to be interesting to see where we are as a nation behind the death of John McCain. It's going to be interesting to see what kind of character our nation has. Um, you know, um, there are a lot of um, people in his own party that don't care for him. And it's going to be interesting to see. Now, of course, he he kind of stepped down a little bit and said that he did not want Donald Trump at his funeral. You know, Donald Trump has missed so many opportunities to to be a different person, but he has yet to he has yet to disappoint us. And he's a he's so predictable. And Miss Cathy would probably smack me in my mouth to to to, to even um, pretend that I don't have any hope in this man. But he is so predictable that he is sure to embarrass himself by demeaning the legacy of John McCain. But again, he has the opportunity to, to show to, to prove me wrong. Not only us wrong, just to prove me wrong. But I don't think he has the character to do that. But what about Mitch McConnell? And everybody else that's in position in the white in, in the uh in, in in the government. Can they show some kind of posture with the intent of bringing us together as a nation by the death of this man right here. It's going to be interesting to see. I'm, I'm on standby, and I just want to bring it up. Maybe that's another topic that we can talk about one day. Thanks. It, it, it is, uh, D, and you have to recognize this man don't have any ability to talk for himself. If they don't write the statement for him, he'll blow it every time. So I expect for him to blow it again, just like uh, – he did for Aretha Franklin when he talked about uh, she used to work for him. You know, we know that uh, Aretha Franklin didn't work for nobody. I mean, she entertained us, and we paid for the opportunity to have her uniqueness displayed in front of us. Uh, but for him to suggest that she worked for him was just ridiculous. And you just can't expect nothing else from him. He don't know what to say and when to say it. Uh, and it always come out wrong because he wants to put himself first, you know, and that's that's just how it is. And so, um, Cheryl, uh, what's your final word for this evening? Very, um, very good um, conversation as always. Um, you know, a lot of great things were said, brought to attention. To a lot of the listeners, um, I wish that we could have more of, you know, the audience being participants so that we can hear their opinions um, and not to, you know, to talk about the opinions just hearing the show itself, but to, um, to be a part of it so that we can hear and we can get their point of view because it may change something that we may have thought about or the way we, you know, think. Um, again, 
you know, I just like to say that um, just to say this prayer, Lord, I ask that you just comfort and strengthen the family right now as they go through the things about to go through um, preparing for John McCain's funeral services. Lord, I ask that you soften the heart of those individuals that they may give him the respect that is due um, at this time of his passing. Lord, I ask that you let no chaos come about. Um, Let everything run off smoothly and that anybody that has anything negative to say to help them to, to hold their tongue because this is not the time. Lord, we ask these things in your darling son, Jesus' name. And we all say amen. Amen. Uh, D, your final thought this evening? Well, you know, I, I think that uh, Ms. Cheryl is right on point. You know, uh, uh, this will be a great time for America, for America to show the rest of the world that we do take care of our own, uh, that we are not what you think we are. We are not what, what, so, what some people have betrayed us to be. Um, you know, uh, God allows things to happen, hopefully, in a way of a lesson where we can take advantage of the opportunity in a positive manner. Uh, James, another great show. Uh, I like to echo the sentiments of Miss Cheryl when she says that um, we hope that other people will find a way to get involved. Uh, I know that earlier this year uh, you spoke about uh, going live on Facebook, and I was thinking about that today. Uh, if you were to perfect that, uh, that would give uh, other people on Facebook Facebook a uh, a channel to chat while we talk, and maybe you can read some of the chats that's being said and answer some of their questions. Uh, and that would give them the uh, the encouragement to to, uh, to one day probably uh, participate in in the in the phone conversation also. Uh, you are now here to get on that. I suppose. Go ahead. I'm going to try to obtain the equipment that I need to make that possible. And you're right. That's not, that's the next level we need to go to. Uh, I want to thank all of you for your continued support. Uh, people, remember to call in at six five seven three eight three. 0309 so your voice can be heard loud and clear without interruption. Father, help your children and don't let them fall by the side of the road. That heaven might find a place in their heart. Jesus is love. He won't let you down.
country, both as a military man and a politician. Take care, and may God be with all of you. <laughs>